Hello and welcome to the Success Secret Podcast with Rosso Santalev. I am excited to introduce you to a series of conversations with some of the most successful and inspiring individuals from various industries. My aim is to dive into the stories behind their success and explore the knowledge, strategies, habits, mindsets, and wisdom that have propelled their success. Each episode of the Success Secret Podcast will feature a different guest who will share their unique journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons they have learned along the way. I will also be covering topics from entrepreneurship and innovation to leadership and personal development. Whether you are an inspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or just someone looking to improve your life, the Success Secret Podcast is for you. My goal is to bring you valuable insights and inspiration that will help you achieve your own success in business and life. So get ready to learn and be inspired. The Success Secret Podcast starts now. My guest today in this episode is Chris Joyce. He is the founder of 24 companies in high-tech consumer goods health. His products have been sold in more than 1,100 stores in 23 countries. He has users in his tech products in more than 100 countries across the globe. His newest venture is Gashar. Gashar helps entrepreneurs to build startups without raising capital. I know, especially from that last one, a lot of people want to start businesses. A lot of people want to build startups but they don't know how to do that and always thinking that they want and must raise capital. So, Chris, first of all, welcome to the Success Secret Podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Awesome to have you here. So, first of all, I want you to tell us the Success Secret Nation, something about success. You believe it to be true, but some other people believe that it's not. Well, I think that that when you hit the nail on the head is that most people many times have an idea in their head, something that's burning for them in terms of like a passion, something that they want to start a business. But they always think to themselves, okay, you need all this money. And so that idea never comes out of their head. That idea never sees fruition. And I think that's a wrong belief structure. Fundamentally, uh, a person does not need money. And I'd explain, you know, ad infinitum why you don't. Uh, but you literally have all the tools necessary, regardless of where you are across the globe, regardless of your economic status, regardless of your education, regardless of your family or connections. You have everything you need right now to get going and start a business. Yeah. So I want you to provide us with some perspective or idea, like you built 24 businesses. Like now people sometimes ask, asking, I do want to start a business, but I don't know what to start. So how do you discover sure. the opportunities in the market? Sure. Well, I don't, I'm going to say this, okay? I don't know if it's necessarily discovering opportunities in a market or and this may sound kind of kind of weird or funky listening to your internal voice so you can always be out there trying to find you know the next big thing and trying to to come up with something fundamentally different but the vast majority of businesses are almost in a way carbon copies of existing businesses they're they're fundamentally almost in a way the same uh, now, I always say to founders, you know, your DNA, the way that you're structured, the way that you're programmed, the, the person that you are, if you bring that even to an existing business model, 
that's going to make it different, going about things a little bit differently. But the one thing you should do as a, as a potential founder, as a potential entrepreneur, and I just said this to somebody about an hour ago, is that you really need to listen to your internal voice. You need to listen to what makes you smile, what, what doesn't go away when you go to sleep, what, what you hear when you wake up in the morning. Is there an idea fundamentally? Is there a direction that you yourself, your mind is telling you to take? If there is, follow that road. If there's not, then experiment the hell out there, try different things, see if a road is more appealing and start going down a road because whatever you pick is gonna be wrong, okay? It's <laughs> usually the stuff that you start out with in the beginning stage is not where you're gonna end up with, but it's the act of simply starting taking that first action, that actually is the important stuff. That's the fuel that gets you going. It's important to have passion because it keeps you driving and going. And the second thing is start with every idea that comes to mind first, right? There's nothing called wrong or right here, right? Because if you are going to wait for the right thing, it's not going to come. Because like right. and it's it, evolving, it's evolving. When you come with an idea, start with it. You see, maybe it's not working for it for one, two, two years. You uh, pivot. This is important. Absolutely. I mean, think of it this way, and and I'm getting goosebumps right now. I don't know if you can see that, but (laughs) I say this a lot. The, The bad ideas, all right, like let's say it's your first idea and whatever, and you start going down a road. Bad ideas are required. Why do I say that? Bad ideas lead to good ideas. Good ideas lead to excellent ideas. So, you know, bad ideas are are required. They're part of the process of beginning a business. I I had a founder, and it was a founder I was just mentioning uh, that I was talking to about an hour ago, and he was sitting on this idea for like eight years. Now, I'm not going to go into the idea, right? But it's actually a a fundamentally really good idea. It's something he did himself. He did it on a small scale. It worked. And I'm like, why why did you not start this already? What what happened? And he's like, well, everybody I told this idea to, you know, negatively uh, reacted negatively. They gave me all these reasons why it wouldn't work, all these reasons why he shouldn't do it. And I'm like, yeah, but... Your internal voice has already told you yes. Why the hell are you are you listening to these people? Because it was fundamentally actually a very good idea. And so now he's going, I got him on the right road, but it's extremely important to listen to yourself and, yeah. and follow follow your ideas, not other yeah, people's ideas. Exactly. That. So imagine if that guy started back ten years eight years ago or ten years ago when he started with it. So yep. he would be in a completely different place right now, thinking about maybe taking it to be a hundred million dollar company, for example. So yeah, yeah, but I also I, I also view this, Hussein. Maybe it wasn't the right time. So in a way, I look at it like this. Yes, if he if he had talked to me then, he may have been further ahead and, and owned the universe. Maybe. All right. But at the same time, that idea never died. It stayed with him. And so maybe now is the right time. So I look at it as like the universe hands you what you need when you need it, you know? And I love also this. You have to have a bad idea to have a good idea. And also the good idea takes you to an excellent, amazing idea. 
<laughs> like <laughs> this builds on each yeah. other. Yeah, like I, I remember I had, you know, I grew up with uh, as my stepfather, he was an electrical engineer. Okay. I learned this lesson very early the hard way. So I had come up with this new idea for an invention. And, you know, my mom said, Hey, go take it to your stepfather. He'll know he'll, he'll be able to talk to you about it. And I went to him and it was like dealing with a venture capitalist. He, he, excuse my French, but he crapped all over that idea. He, he brutalized it. I mean, he went to all the reasons why it was bad and everything else. And I sat there, even as a kid, I was like, well, you know, F you. Uh, I was nine years old and I said, I'm going to do it my way. And so that was a good lesson to learn because, you know, standing up for your ideas, you know, you can listen to people, you can listen to the feedback and sometimes that works. But with a startup, it's not about having perfection. A startup is about starting. That's really all it is. Start that damn thing, regardless of where you are. Exactly. So I actually had an episode with uh, Anwar Juma boy, and he basically said to me that each person of us, each human is an entrepreneur. So I actually was not sure. I wouldn't say shocked, but that's an amazing statement. So what would you say some of the qualities and important qualities of someone wants to be an entrepreneur. Like there is a difference between someone working in, in a company, helping that company grow and venturing out by themselves, right? Okay. So I, I think first of all, there's, there's, there's two types of people. There's way more, but for this example, there's two types of people. You've got people that are entrepreneurs that they just start the ideas and it's the way they're wired. Okay. But the vast majority of people, I agree with the person that you had on, are potentially entrepreneurs. Why do I say that? Because the vast majority of people, I can't think of one that doesn't, has problems. And those problems that a person experiences, well, that's, that's the fodder. That's the stuff that results in businesses and business ideas. And I can go out, out my office and I can go talk to anybody and they're going to tell me about their problems. Well, guess what? If they just pivot a little bit to how to solve that problem, well, that's the difference between an entrepreneur and someone who just sits there talking about their problems. So yes, anyone can be an entrepreneur. The qualities that are required are very simple, very, very simple. They don't need to be you know, educated. They don't need to have all these connections like I was saying earlier. They need really one thing, and, and that's the ability to, you just don't give up. You, you just never give up. You know, I say to founders that being an entrepreneur is like getting on a roller coaster ride, but there's only one person in the world that can stop that roller coaster. And Hussein, that one person is who? You, I uh, mean, <laughs> exactly. Damn right. It's not somebody else. It's not a partner. It's not the government. It's not, you know, somebody else here that, that says whatever. The only person that can stop your journey is you. And so long as you don't stop and you keep iterating and keep trying, you should eventually get there. Yeah, but, the, but the issue sometimes is like the example you mentioned about that guy who had an idea for eight years. Uh, the people around you sometimes 
they have this kind of thing. Sometimes it, they fear for you, it's not going to work, you will be disappointed. Sometimes the fear of your success that you are going to be ahead of them, that is something people who are jealous or whatever. So, so these kind of things, like how do you would say entrepreneurs or coming startups should deal with the people around them to start like and to get this negative voices out of their heads? I Okay, so let, let's talk about those negative voices. So uh, with another entrepreneur I was talking to this morning, I said that almost in a way that, you know, he was talking about how he deals with those exact issues. How, you know, he runs into them, what to do. And I said, Matt, as was his name, I go, Matt, I go, I have those same things every day. I wake up in the morning, I still have those fears. I still have certain anxieties. And when I go to publicly speak, I want to run out of the room because I hear those voices loud and clear, you know, and when you go to raise capital or doing other things, you know, you, you're in these positions where you have these negative voices. So how do you deal with them? I view it like being a dog. All right. A dog. Wolf. All right. So as you take your dog and you're walking your dog down the street and your dog sees a squirrel, you know, or, or a, another dog or whatever it may be. That dog instantly wants to go after that squirrel and wants to go interact with it. And as you go down the road and you run into another squirrel, the dog instantly wants to go after it and, and keep going. After. It sees a bird, it wants to chase after the bird. Well, the fact of the matter is you've got to realize you're not a dog. Stop interacting with the squirrels. Stop going after the birds. It's enough to, to, that you have to hear this stuff but separate yourself as soon as possible from people are, that are saying that. I personally believe that negative people are cancer. So I fundamentally treat them like cancer. I separate myself from them. I don't have interaction with them whatsoever. Either you're on board and you're focused and, and has the, uh, that's what you're doing as an entrepreneur. You're focusing, which should be your primary goal, or you're dealing with squirrels and cancer. Get rid of the squirrels and cancer. Don't even, don't even entertain a thought with them. Yeah, that, that, that's a powerful statement, uh, but it is actually true. Like, because every time you interact with these kind of people, you are going to look back 10 years, 20 years from now saying that I wish that I have done so. <laughs> or, or even worse, even worse, Hussein, and I have run into this with my father, my real father. On his deathbed, he regretted, he literally said he regretted not doing his real estate business a certain way, you know? And I sat there and I, I looked at the regret in a person on their deathbed's eyes. People go their whole life, you know, on your deathbed, the last thing you want to do is have those regrets and you had those thoughts in your heads as stuff that you should have done. Well, go for it. I mean, because you don't want to live like that. You sure as hell don't want to feel that as the last thing that you feel, you know? Yeah. So let's let's dive deeper into this. So do you think every business should raise capital or they can start without raising capital? I don't think, first of all, every business can raise capital. Mm. I mean, about one in 3,500 businesses can get about venture capital. That's very, these cards are stacked against you. And about one in 700 is able to raise any other type of angel investment or some type of, of group or syndicate. So the vast majority of people and companies are unable to raise capital. I personally do not believe in raising capital until you're past the $10 million in volume stage and sales stage. And what? there's a reason for it. I'll that? tell you. So I fundamentally believe 
and I've seen it time and time again, and we say this on Gusher, good deal first, money second. Good deal first, money second. Good deal first, money second. You should be able to get to, really, in almost any industry, I don't care whether it's B2B, B2C, B2B2C, consumer goods, manufacturing, SaaS, fintech, AR, VR, AI, gaming, medical device, prop tech, you name it. You should be able to get to about the 10 million in sales volume stage without needing almost a dime, without needing anything. Now, you might say, how do you do it? And I could go into that if you wish or, or whatever you want. But the only reason you need money for typically is for what I call land grabs. That's being able to expand what you're doing to either take over a market, to take over a vertical, to establish your vertical in a, in a much bigger way. But you should not need money almost at all at the beginning stages because it makes you weaker. The product that is created is weaker. Uh, the markets that are addressed is done in a weaker way. Uh, you really shouldn't need anything to become self-sustaining in the beginning stages. Yeah, so maybe that could apply to online businesses that do businesses online, sell products online or services. But physical places, physical brick and mortar, they might, how do you, do you think it's the same way? So, so let me tell you. So like I had a, and this is a manufacturing concern. So I'm going to talk to you about a manufacturing concern, but also retail. Okay. Now what I'm about to say, can it be applied with every location? No. Can it be applied in every situation? No. But can it be applied in almost every market? Yes. Okay. So even with brick and mortar facilities, you have a couple players or a couple key people. You've got the landholder or the real estate developer or the real estate person that holds uh, the lease of that company or ownership of that company. You've got the furniture, fixtures, and equipment people, depending upon what type of location you have. And then you have initial inventory, okay? So even with a brick-and-mortar business, regardless of whether you're doing massive build-out, whether you're creating a, a brewery, or whether you're creating a clothing company, or, or whatever it may be, with, with a physical location, there's ways specifically to bring those key players that hold those assets that you need into your deal, into your startup, into your company from the very beginning. So almost in a way, they end up becoming equity players in your company. I'm going to give the short version mm -hmm. and you bypass the need for money. So you're bringing them in for equity right off the bat. And many times they become some of your best investors, your suppliers, the landlord holder, uh, whatever it may be, your furniture, fixtures and equipment uh, to get the place built out. They end up becoming your best investors because they have the most to gain from the success or failure of your company. It's what's called VIM, vested interest market. The people who have the most to gain from the success or failure of your company, you involve them with your company from the very beginning. Now, for example, for online businesses, someone can start by themselves and grow to certain revenue a month or a year, right? But right. to reach, for example, to 10 million a year or 10 million a month, so that's a big work, and I assume it needs some team around it or behind it. So Sure. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, let me, let me cover that. Well, that's, that's one of the reasons why, and this is going to be very self-serving, my statement that I'm about to say, that's the reason why we created Gusher. So what I normally say to people is, 
What would you do if you had a million or two million in the bank account right this second? How would you build your company? And then gusher that because we do it all day, every day. So yeah, you need a team. You need to help and have other people help bring it to life. If you're building an online store, well, you need front-end developers, back-end developers, UI, UX. You need a CTO. You need a chief marketing officer. You need a creative director. You need a social media manager. You need business development. So right off the bat, you need nine or ten people. Well, what would they cost you if you were going ahead and, and, and using cash, using salary? Well, those people would cost you a million or two million dollars a year, depending upon how many you're bringing on. Well, guess what? You use it in exchange for performance-based equity. These people join your company. They come on board in exchange for equity to help get your company to life, to help bring it to fruition. And that's important how to do it, but that's what we do all day, every day. Yeah, that's awesome. Because like, if you, there are two, to look at it at both ways. If you bring in as an employee, they might not be like 100% committed, right? But if they are like right. basically a partner in the business or the company, they should have put their hearts out to make it a success. Whatever the equity they have, 1%, 5%, whatever it is, they want the business to succeed, right? So this is like a win, 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 win for everyone. Right. Think of it this way, okay? So like when you're building a team and you're putting a team of vested interest market people together, which is what it is, what do I mean by that? I'm going to give you a simple example. So let's say you're creating a dog food company, which we have on our platform. So Colin created a dog food company. It's taken off like a rocket. It's worth more than 10 million. It, it does 35% uh, growth month over month, having national distribution, soon to be international. Well, his team that he put together, and this is not a trick question, you know, Hussein, they all have something in common. It's a dog food company, Hussein. What do you think they all had in common? The team that he put together. They love dogs or cats, maybe. Or right. They, they all have dogs, right? <laughs> so they're they're not they don't even have kids. They have no kids. They have dogs. They're dog parents. So they eat dog, they breathe dog, they live dog, they poop dog. They get dogs, they're dog zealots. So the reason that company has done so well, it's a it's a company of like-minded people with the same end game. And those are the teams that come together. It's not transactional. It's anybody will go to work for a paycheck, all right, for any company. They'll go work there. They'll pay their bills or do whatever. But to join a company in exchange for equity, you, you have to understand and get what they're doing. It has to be a passion, a mission. You have to buy into it. And those are the companies that come together. Those are the companies that succeed. Yeah. So do you think, how important do you think innovation and creativity is important to a business success? Like you could have these people uh, with our employees or especially now in this case, we are talking about people who are in this business that are equal partners. Could, could They could be equal partners, but they should have some kind of uh, innovation, some kind of creativity to grow the business. Because eventually if this one I am bringing in for 5% equity in the business is not doing anything, not creative, not innovative, not helping the business. You don't want them in, right? Right. Well, well, think of it this way. We have something called the ESA, the Equity Share Agreement. So it's a legal doc that took us a long time to create. It took about 18 months to get it really finalized. Well, the ESA, if somebody's not performing, 
they're gone. I mean, it's as simple as that. So the mistake that people make is they create teams of partners like, let's say, and I don't want to mention the, the accelerator or incubator or whatever you want to call it. They use a three-partner model. So they bring in three partners. Everybody has an equal share in the company. It doesn't work uh, for, for uh, over time for most companies because somebody ends up pulling the sled more, taking on more weight, kind of gets angry, and the, and the model typically fails. But also what ends up happening is that you need to have these people that really fundamentally get what you're doing. Uh, they have to understand it. They have to, they have to be involved with it. Those are the teams that work. Those are the teams that end up going ahead and, and really creating a company that's valuable. Yeah, definitely. So what advice would you give aspiring entrepreneurs to build the businesses of the future, I guess? Because a lot of talk now about AI and these kind of things. Okay, well, I mean, AI is interesting. Uh, we've tested out thoroughly. I think it has some benefits. I'm sure stuff will evolve. Uh, but we've also seen iteration, iteration, iteration of different things that are supposed to be great and taking over and changing the entire industries. And the vast majority of them don't. Uh, I think that when it comes to, to being an entrepreneur and growing your company, I think the most important thing to do is listening to your customers and market just to get feedback. Uh, definitely listening to your own voice in terms of starting it. But in order to grow a company, if you're talking to your people, interacting with them, I understand all the automation. I understand creating, you know, different uh, pipelines and different funnels, uh, especially online. But literally getting on a phone call, going ahead and doing a video call like you and I are doing, going and actually seeing and talking to people about your product, service, whatever it may be, there is no substitute for that ever. That stuff, and the reason is. As a founder, when you hear that, the, the interactions, when you see the interactions, when you're talking to these people, you are able to leapfrog and make connections like development connections that you would not have no normally seen just behind a computer screen looking at data. You need to interact with the people. That is the best and fastest way to success. So what would you say some of the tools, resources, or books that you personally really read or recommend to people? Uh, I, I really don't believe in necessarily reading guru books. Uh, I, I think, you know, one of the best books I've ever read, uh, which nobody will ever read, is Ludwig von Mises, any of his economics uh, books, uh, which no one will ever take a look at. I think it's more important to not necessarily read and try to have everything figured out, but to actually start and watch where everything leads because mm -hmm. the universe, the whatever you want to call it, uh, your business will actually tell you almost in a way where to go. You listen to what comes back and the path makes it, makes it really apparent to you. But start, listen to the voice inside, even if it's the only voice that's saying yes. Definitely. So can you share with us success secret nation something not a lot of people know about you? About me, well, let's see. I lift every, I lift weights every morning with my son, who's 14 years old. Okay. Uh, and he, yeah, I know he's like six feet tall, so he's much taller than me. And he's about to overcome and overtake my weights. And every time he does, I just push it up a little bit further. That's the only thing else that I have on my plate. 
Awesome. Well, where can people get in touch with you, learn more about you, and learn more about Gashar and what they can do to help their startups? Yeah, sure. It's easy. You just go to gusher.co, spelled G-U-S-H-E-R.co. I'm easily found. I'm all over the web. You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, where I'm, uh, I have a lot of action and a lot of activity. Uh, that's where really I do most of it. Uh, but really just anywhere on the web. But gusher.co, you can find me also easily. And we're happy to help out everybody. Uh, just an FYI, we're an equity player also. So the only way we make money is if that company succeeds which is the way that it should be. Everybody is rowing in the same direction. That's the type of teams you want to create. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, thank you, Chris, for insightful tips and an amazing look at how a business should be started, taking the fear out of things, taking the fear out of getting money and raising capital because a lot of people sometimes think that how I can start this business without money when actually yep. you can. The days of raising money are way gone. You can start the website now for free, basically almost like zero. So a lot of things yes. have changed. But thank you, Chris, for being here with me on this episode of the Success Great podcast. My pleasure. It's been an honor.